we're going to start talking about uh, electrical appliances. So we're literally going to cover like uh, uh, refrigerator, oven, stovetops, microwaves, um, 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 plot hot plates, uh, um, and and um, and urns. And what do you do with those stuff? How do you deal with them? So after we learned all these fun concepts of not by not, uh, all these ideas of kharif and this and that. And the question is, again, when it comes down to your actual kitchen, how, what are you doing? Or what, what do you need to use? Now, seemingly, just to Asher, it's good to see your face. So first of all, we would think to say, okay, there should be no problem with the fridge at all because we know cold and cold is not an issue, right? If my cheese touch my, my chicken or my, even my steak and they're both cold, okay, I wash off where they touched and, uh, and, and all good. And it's all good. Asher, mute yourself unless you want to talk, okay? So it shouldn't be any issue. So the question, so what would be the, the conversation now? So we have to have the conversation is going to be not if something touches, but if milk spills on something and it sets in for 24 hours, we have a concept of kavush kemivushal. Something that has been uh, um, um, immersed for 24 hours, it's already been pickled. Even if it's, it doesn't have to be vinegar, it doesn't have to be wine. We know about pickling and wine and vinegar, that's for actual pickling. But even if a tomato sits in um, milk for 24 hours, some milk spilled on it, a substantial amount uh, in the fridge because milk spills, and, uh, and now that tomato is going to be dairy. Uh, so we have to know those concepts and understand that, especially when we have spills and, what's, and whatnot. Some people, for those reasons, have a minute to keep the fridge only in the door, right? Um, but the fridge, the door might not be cold enough, so people, it might, be, it might, uh, it might spoil there. So only on the first shelf in the back, uh, not next to the vegetables, not next to the fruits, in Achinami. So that's what we're going to first have to figure out is the separation within fridges. Um, but if something, you know, it, it just spills a little, then we know you wash it off, you clean it off. But what if it's set and it was already immersed for 24 hours? So let's just first see the Gemara and Psachim, Ayn Vav. Says, Haubar Gazla, the chicken that fell into Lakada de Machta, fell into milk. Sharia Rabbi Hanina Braid de Rava Parshina, he said that it's okay. Hani Milechai, that's when it was raw. Avaltsli, but if it was cooked, the chicken was cooked by Klipa, then you need to peel off um, the, the, touch, the, the place that touched the milk. Asur. Right? So when, what are we talking about? You have to take off the peel. Only if it has cracks where the milk can, can seep in. But if it's not, there's no cracks. There's no problem. The, the, the piece that fell into the milk is solid. Then, um, even if it was cooked, then it's not an issue. Then we're not going to say that the meat is not going to absorb the milk. But if it is... Um, 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 if it's... If it's spicy, if it's got a lot of spices on it, and the spices will absorb it, the spices will soak up the milk, the pepper wants to absorb a liquid in order to extract its flavor, then we're going to be worried. So let's continue seeing what, how we understand this Gemara. We're going to see the Ran um, on the Rif in Chulin Daf Mim Aleph. They're going to talk about this. Okay, now again, if you're following in the PDF that I sent, it's not going to be as, but you just look for the Ran, and if you need me to stop for a second to clarify a little better the source, so you can follow uh, in a better way, it's worth our time. So if we're talking about, when, we, when you told me that, when is it okay, the chicken that fell into the milk? When it's raw. Raw did you mean, raw did you mean not cooked? Or raw did you mean cold? Okay? When you said chai, you meant cold. And when you said sli, you meant hot. You didn't mean raw versus cooked. Mean cold versus hot. About mm. But if it's been cooked already, roasted, but it's cold now, then it's like anything other cold. What? Why would a cooked chicken be any different than a raw chicken if they're both cold in the fridge? Why would one absorb milk any better? So that's what the Ran is saying. When you're telling me raw, you're telling me cold. And cooked, even if it's cold, doesn't help. It won't, won't matter. It won't be, there will be no problem. Wash it off and it's fine. But really when the Mara was talking about, about cooked, they meant hot. Usually when they say roasted, they mean 
roasted in a roasted temperature. They didn't mean roasted that now cooled off. So the Ran understands the idea of the chicken that came in contact with milk. If it's cold, not an issue. If it's hot, then we have an issue. It's not if it's cold and raw versus if it's hot and uh, 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 roasted or if it's roasted and cold. If it's hot, it will absorb, right? The heat expands and therefore it's open to absorb. But if it's cold, it's not absorbing. But if it has spices, and we learned this when we learned about charif a little bit, right? That the charif, things that are sharp, they are, they are trying to absorb. And therefore, when the hot, when it's spicy, then it's going to absorb the milk, and that should be a problem. So if a person has cold chicken that they took out of the freezer and put in the, in the, free, in, in the fridge to defrost, milk got on it, wash it off, not an issue. If you have milk, chicken that, uh, that, that has been roasted, according to the round, if it's cold, doesn't matter, it's fine. If you took chicken and you put on its spices and now it's marinating in the fridge and milk fell into it, then we're going to have a problem. That's according to the round. Now let's see the Beis Yosef Paskins. The Kataba Rosh, but the Rosh says, The Rosh understands the way most people understood the Gemara. Right? The Ashkenazi Rosh says, No, Tsonein means so it's raw versus cooked. I don't care about the temperature right now. Obviously, raw is going to be cold because raw can't be cooked. But I don't care about the temperature. I care about what status it is. If it's raw, it's not trying to absorb any liquid. If it's cooked, it's already, when you cook something, it shrinks. And therefore, when it shrinks, if, you, if it comes in contact with liquid, it has the ability to expand again like a sponge, even just a little bit. And therefore, it's going to expand. And if there's no cracks, um, um, then it's then if it has cracks, then the whole thing's usser. And if it doesn't have cracks, then you just cut off the external piece where uh, it came in contact with the milk. Okay. So the the ron the ron understands um, um, temperature. The riff on the rosh uh, the base yosef brings the rush to understand the the status of. Yeah, of how cooked it is. Um, and the Shulchan Aruch is going to pass in, in source number four in the English, and Yore Dei Atzadik Aleph, Siman Zayin, for those who are following in a different um, um, volume. Tzli roteach afilu lemaliach afilu nechal michamat milcho by klipa. Concerning hot roasted meat, right? So the, the, the Shulchan Aruch is going to hold that what's the Tzli roteach? That if it's hot, but if it cooled down to room temperature, right? So it says, "Im yesh bo bekaim osheu metubal betablinim behutzli roteach kulo asur." If it's hot, then it's absorbing. But if it cooled down, not an issue. But the Ramah, the Ashkenazi, comes and says, "V'yesh omrim dafilu emtzoninim." Even if they're cold, dine hachi chen yesh linhog yimenef said merube. Says the Ramah says that, that even if it's cold, if it's not Efsed Merube, if it's not a big loss of our financial money, we tell you better to throw it out, make a new one, don't put yourself in a situation where you have cooked food, you know, leftovers from Shabbos, even though it's cold, but some milk spilled on it, even though it's cold, get rid of it. Not worth it. Okay? Anybody? Yofi. So the Shudhart Tzvi, the Rav, Rachi Pesach Frank, who was the Rav Yerushalayim, asks, gets a question about milk spilling on chicken. Milk was on the top shelf of the refrigerator. A leftover ch- chicken from Shabbos was sitting there um, in, in, the, in the pan underneath it. And Something moved and the milk spilled and some milk spilled into the same pan as the cooked chicken. What do you do? According to the Ran, wash it off, right? Or peel off the side that it touched if it has cracks or if it's spicy. According to the, uh, the Rosh and, and according to the Ramah, um, it, should be, it should be a problem, right? You should throw it out if, if you can. Says the Frank. In our case, we can be made matir. Why? Because 
Chicken is derabanan. Only meat is a deraisa. Chicken is derabanan. And therefore, we have so many kulas to add on, and it's chicken where we're not, where it's not a deraisa anyway. And when are we only really on a deraisa level worried about meat and milk? Only when it's cooking. But cold and cold, cold and cold is not an issue. And therefore, says Rabbi Pesach Frank, I have two kulas here. A, it's chicken and not meat. B, so it's a derabanan. B, it's only coming in contact without cooking. So it's a derabanan. So I have two derabanans here. I'm going to be makil. That's what Rabbi Pesach Frank says. Rabbi Pesach Frank tells us this idea, and this is how we are understanding this concept of meat and milk coming in contact together. There's a beautiful uh, short concept here in the English telling us a little bit about Rabbi Pesach Frank. Till now we're talking about what happens if milk spilled onto, onto uh, something. Um, and if it was hot, then obviously that's going to be an issue. If there are cracks, then we're going to have to throw out the whole thing. If it's, uh, right, because obviously it's not going to be Batal Bashishim. If it's Batal Bashishim, that's a whole different class, and we learned that. If there aren't cracks, then you have to peel it off. But if it's, if it's chicken, then there's what to be uh, lenient about. It's two derabanans. One, it's not meat, it's chicken. Two, it wasn't cooking, it's just, it just milk spilled on it. Now we're going to get into the concept that I mentioned before about kavush, where it's already 24 hours sat together and there's no way it didn't absorb um, of the liquid that spilled onto it. So before we get into kavush, any questions on fridge milk spilling onto chicken, meat, vegetables, changing its status. Do we have a like set definition for what cooked is? Because I know it's Shabbat, it's for the um, the Jerusalem, but for the, the bandits. Ben Dorsai. Right. So the, 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 right. Or? Ben Dorsai is the bandit, right? Who who uh, who only cooked things a third, right? What we call today cook safe, right? Safe enough to not kill you um, in chicken. Um, but uh, but for us right now we're not talking about cooking. But we're gonna see that Kavush is a criteria of cooking, meaning something that has been immersed in a liquid for 24 hours is called kavush. And we have this conversation regarding, can I set pickles into a jar with vinegar, uh, sorry, cucumbers into a jar with vinegar on, on Shabbos? The answer would be no, that's cooking, right? It's going, the, the pickles are going to change the status of the cucumber into a pickle, right? The vinegar will now not make it anymore. Um, again, we have a question of Bishal Akum in terms of pickling fish, right? There's a crazy, you know, um, um, Mishnah Brura that says that you can buy uh, um, um, herring from Goyim. It, this kavush is not considered kavush, right? Like herring, pickling uh, fish is not considered cooking. But that's anybody who lives in, in, in Eastern Europe loves that kula. We're not going to put that aside for a second. Um, but we do have set standards of what's considered cooking. For Basar Bechala, we have set standards of what's co- considered cooking for Shabbos. We saw before what was considered cooking in terms of um, um, meat touching milk, um, in terms of how hot it needs to be, Yad Soledetvo, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But now we're going to talk about the concept of called Kavush Kemevushal. So we're going to see Psachim Ayin Aleph in source number six. Psachim Ayin Aleph, Amar Aleph, Amar Shmuel, Maliach Hareu Keroteach, Kavush Hareu Kemevushal. Salted, very heavily salted, it's as if it's boiling. The osmosis of the, of the, of the blood, of the liquids, is going to inside create some change, some chemical change, and that chemical change is going to be enough to call it cooking. And pickling is going to be considered as, as, as something as, been, as, been, as, as if it's been cooked, right? Something enough, putting something for 24 hours in, in, in is going to be enough um, for a change. I know from the restaurant world, uh, we used to take a, a lot of garlic and put it into oil for 24 hours, and the oil has the taste of the garlic, and the garlic obviously got softened by the oil, and that's enough to Ch- to, to, to change something in the way it's been. So the Gemara continues, We're not learning from meat and milk to derive this. So what are we talking about? If it's soaked for a whole day, right, in the milk, then it's going to be, then, the, the, then and despite the fact the meat has certainly absorbed some of the taste, then it's going to be considered um, um, ammunition, right? So when we're talking about something that's being uh, um, kavush, how long does it have to be there? The Gemara tells us 24 hours, okay? 24 hours is going to be, it's going to change the status. The Beis Yotzev says, Shamati b'shem ritzvah, 
דאים שהה בתוכו יום שלם מעת לעת, נקרא כבוש ובולע, ומופלט כמבושל. says the Beis Yosef, it was obvious, the Rosh says, 24 hours is enough for it to be, to change its status, to, for consider for the meat and milk to be cooked together. Even though we saw in Chulin, and this is obviously the Gemara we just quoted, the Gemara in Chulin is quoting the Gemara in Psachim, is that even if it was immersed for 24 hours, it's not considered cooked. so says the 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 base Yosef in, in the name of the Rosh. This is a Kiddush. It's a Kiddush to say that even though meat and milk, I'm bring, Zev, I'm going to bring you up to speed, even though meat and milk were not cooked together, they were just immersed together in cold, that is going to be enough to say it's Aser. Even though Basar Bechalav, we say it's meat and milk. It, sorry, Basar Bechalav is only in cooking. Here we're going to say that if the meat was absorbing the milk, was, uh, was immersed in the milk for 24 hours, then it's a chiddush to tell us that it's going to be usr, even though there was no cooking involved. And it's not talking about vinegar or wine, which is stuff that the Gemara beforehand was talking about in terms of pickling. This is not something that we use to pickle. This is just milk. The milk would be enough. And that's a chiddush. Okay. So we understand now that you need 24 hours. So says the Beis Yosef, Kavush Betzir, Katav HaRosh Besov Perek Kol HaBasar, Deshiuro Hu Ki'ilu Natnu Al HaUr, Kadeshi Yertach Ve'atchil HaVashel. Right? Says the Beis Yosef, according to the Rosh, it has to be long enough, right? The, 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 uh, the absorption has to be long enough that it's going to be as if it's cooking. So the Beis Yosef brings that and the Rosh, and then when he writes his Shulchan Aruch, he paskins, Something that is forbidden, that was soaked in something that was allowed. Mikri kavush, 24 hours passed. 24 hours is enough to cook it. Any, a minute less, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Okay? So if milk spilled into your, when Svi Pesach Frank that we saw before, said it's okay to wash off the chicken that milk spilled into it even though it was cooked and cold in the fridge you had the leftover chicken and like always you didn't cover the aluminum foil well enough and you were take putting back the milk from when you ate cereal or you had coffee and you didn't close the milk good enough and you just shoved it in there in between all these stuff and it spilled and the milk spilled and it fell in that said that was fine because we weren't talking about 24 hours Enough to wash it off, says the Shulchan Aruch. But 24 hours, it's already a problem. Says the Ramah, Any place that we said that something that is pickled is as if it is cooked. Says the Ramah of crazy Chirish. Not only what's immersed in the milk is going to be Asr, the whole entire chunk. Because... Everything is inside, the chemicals inside, the water level, the milk and the sugar and the salt in the chicken are now changing. So I can't say the milk took up this much of the pan. Let me take out my nice chunk of roast. I'll cut off the bottom this much, kedei kalipa, like the Shulchan Aruch would tell us, like we saw before. Throw that out and the rest of the chunk that wasn't in the milk is fine. No. Says the Ramah, the whole thing is Asr because 24 hours already, juices are going in fluids and liquids and salt and level and going up, going down. The sweetness of the milk is changing. The temperature, everything doesn't work. Says the Shach, the Shach comes and says, on the, on the, on the, the Ramah, it's fine. Cut off what was absorbed in the milk and the rest 
you're good to go. The prima gaudi, we're only going to read what uh, the, the the bold. Velo b'shenehem gushim af shehem lachim ktsat velo shayach gabeu kvisha afilu yamod yamim rabim. So when we're talking about something that is being pickled, we have to talk about um, that they're both they're both uh, um, semi semi uh, um, um, soft. But what if I have something that's very very hard? Would would that make any difference? So it says he said if it's soft, then it's forbidden. But if it's hard, then we might have a different issue, right? If something is definitely definitely hard, it might not give us. Um, so much of, of what we want to understand. Okay, so our first topic was fridge and freezers, and the concept is very simple. Make sure not to let the milk spill around, okay? The milk spills around, especially in Israel. You have milks in bags, and shoko in a, in a bag, and, and it's just going to spill, and this, and cartons of milk in camp where nobody really closed the carton, the milk so well, and then it spills into the crates, and the crates get put on top, and underneath is, is uh, the, 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 the onions that they're cutting later for, for a different uh, meal, etc., 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 and that's why in industrial kitchens, it's, they're very mockbit that there's a meat and dairy separate, because when you're, use, use, when you're working with such great quantities, it's always hard. At home, in the fridge, most people try to do, keep the, 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 the milk on the bottom shelf, therefore it's rarely gonna spill onto something. Worst case, it spills onto the vegetables, and the vegetables are now the dairy, and you can't put them in, 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 in soup, uh, chicken soup. That would be the worst, Sarah. Okay, that was refrigerators. Questions? Okay. Wow, time flies. Ovens, ovens. So we're gonna do uh, um, um, the, the ovens. We're gonna have okay. We're gonna have literally. The question is gonna be as following: What do we have to do with an oven? What what's what's gonna be an issue? So we're gonna see that they're ready and they're shown They speak about in the Gemara that there's no problem using a, uh, putting two things, a dairy and meat, in the oven together. There's not an issue. If I'm having a barbecue, um, um, and my barbecue's over here, and some guy uh, a foot, two feet away from me, now it's six feet, right? Six feet away from me is having tray food. Is his tray food uh, the smell of bothering my grill? It shouldn't be bothering my grill. So if, if, if two grills right next to each other are not, doing an, are not an issue, then why would me getting, putting a, a pizza while I'm putting uh, my chicken uh, for Shabbos in the oven at the same time? Why should it be an issue? Seemingly, it wasn't an issue. It was an issue for two reasons. Ovens today are different than ovens back in the day. Back in the day, when I say back in the day, I mean the time of the Mishnah, the Gemara, okay? Back in the day, the oven was a big clay dome, right? And you had a fire stoked on the side and you put your pot, right? Usually clay pot, as we spoke when we spoke about um, 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 koshering stuff and, and different concepts, uh, clay pots. And therefore, um, the clay, um, you, you, had, you, you could put a pot here and a pot there and there wasn't an issue. Why? Because there was no door and all the fumes would go up and out, up and out. Today's ovens, there's a little bit more of a problem. One of the more of the problems is that we close the oven door. And therefore, where do all the fumes go? They stay inside. We all know that because when you're cooking chicken on 350 and you're opening the oven to see what it looks like, then whoa, everything gets in your face, right? Because that's all the steam that is being condensed in there doesn't go out. So therefore, it's, it's in there. You're putting dairy and meat together at the same time. It's not the same as the ovens before because it's gonna be mixed together. There's nowhere for the fumes to go. Second difference is gonna be more lakula. We have controlled heat. Back then in the day, you put in literally beams of wood, fire in the oven. That could easily rise up to, to 500 degrees, 600 degrees, um, um, even hotter, and there's no way for you to control the heat. So obviously, you're putting in chicken soup and it's bubbling at crazy speed. And therefore, what's coming out is like literally shards of water spritching out and like literally droplets and not just steam. Today, nobody wants whatever's in their oven to boil out. You want it at the right temperature. You're not trying to put the... the um, the, the chicken on 400 degrees where everything boils out. It's not a pressure cooker. It, it's an oven. And therefore, you're going to lower it in order to make sure that there's not steam um, in a crazy temperature. Okay, so with that, we're going to go through this um, and, and, and see what's going on. So the Shud Arosh in, in 15 says like this. 
שאלתי על אילפס חולבת, אם ייתכן לתת למטה בגדרה, תחת הגדרה של בשר, ונראה לי שאסור, אפילו בדיעבד אם נעשה, הייתה אסורה הגדרה, כי הזיעה עולה מן האילפס. says the rush, I was asked if I can put underneath, um, I, I, have, I have a dairy pot uh, cooking, uh, I don't know, um, 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 fish, right? Fish and, 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 and milk, right? And on top, I want to put uh, something, something flacious. I can't. Why? Because the, the heat is going to rise up and it's definitely going to go and be absorbed into the metal of the other pot because of the immense heat. So you're not allowed to put them together, even though we saw previously before the rush in the time of the Gemara, it, they did it. They did it. But here, right on top of each other, it could be a problem. Says the Shulchan Aruch in 16, Machvat Shel Chalav, שנתנו בקירה תחת קדירה של בשר, הזיעה עולה ונבלה בקדירה ואוסרתה. שולחן ארוך says, um, Zev, we are on page 31. כאן? Top of 31. You have the book? Or you're on the PDF? Because if you're on the PDF, I'm not sure what page we're on. But we're on the שולחן ארוך, יורי דיה, צדיק בית, חה. What? 1158? Bottom of 158. Alright. 158. Thanks. So, says the שולחן ארוך, You're not allowed to put meat and milk one on top um, beneath the other because the, the zeya is going to rise up and be absorbed. Says all this when it when the, the, the bottom pan is, is, is not covered and the, the steam is going up. וגם מיירישו בקרוב, that it's close enough, שהיד סולדת בזיה, that the זיה that's going up, the fumes that are going up, the droplets are heat, hot enough that it's יד סולדת בו, and therefore it's touching, it's touching the pan on top. אבל אם אין היד סולדת בזיה, הכל שרי. But if the זיה is not יד סולדת בו, then it's going to be fun. So says the Ramah, this is an important concept, why it's important that the Ramah must bring this in, is because if they're not close to each other, then, 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 then it's not going to be an issue, right? Then if, if it's not hot enough, then it's not close enough, then the zeya is not going to be an issue. So we're starting off with this zeya being a big, big deal, right? We started off saying that ovens are totally fine. Then we said, no, we can't because of zeya, right? Zeya, you can't put on top of each other. No, nobody was talking about putting next to each other because next to each other is not a problem because where is all the steam going? Up and out of the oven through the chimney. But in our ovens, where the, they're, they're not going out, we're going to have different approaches. Rabbi Kiva says, Rabbi Kiva says, Shayad soledebo, when it's a yad soledebo, the menayad soledebo zeya mutar im lo shakdera rotachad bifne atzma. Right? So now the question is like this. Just on the stovetop. On the stovetop. I'm cooking chicken soup. Now I, chicken soup's on hot. I took off the top because I'm putting in spices. And right now I realize that my hot, um, 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 I don't know what's dairy that I'm cooking hot dairy. My hot onion soup, okay? My hot onion soup that has cheese in it, that has, you know, uh, Parmesan cheese. I am now moving from one side of the stove because it's hot and I want to put it on the dairy uh, uh, um, a trivet that's on the other side and I take it over the chicken soup. That can be an issue because the steam is going up and can be easily absorbed into the metal. But lo and behold, we already spoke about our metal today and how it's not so pushed that it's absorbing Um, and mainly when they spoke about pots absorbing other flavor, they were talking about clay pots. That's what they had mainly. Metal was a uh, um, um, uh, hot commodity. Um, and in today's pots, there's definitely what to be to rely on. But right now we're talking about Zeya. So let's see what the Dagul Miravava says. Zeya ola venivla bakdira veosarta. The Zeya is going up, right? The sweat is going up and is being absorbed in the pot. And now it's Aser. Okay? Says the Ramah. What if a person is, is, is roasting something that's usr and mutter together, unrevealed, right? Revealed. So I have pizza here and chicken for Shabbos here. Right? And if I had... Uh, in the same time that I'm cooking challah, making challah, I also have the chicken in, that chicken is now usher. But one after the other, but one right after the other, it's not a problem. 
אלא אם כן הזיית המחוות משניהם דאז אסור אפילו בזה אחר זה אם היו שניהם מגולים. This is where we're going to step into our modern day. Says the Rema, even one after the other is not an issue. Only if there's enough zeya that one can be absorbed in the other. So, ending the Rishonim and the Achronim, we see that there's the ovens back in the day were just a furnace where you put stuff in and you never closed the furnace. because there was live heat there, and therefore it would burn everything. And if you close a furnace and there's no chimney, then what happens? The fire goes out. And if you have a chimney, then where does all the heat go? Up. So it's not an issue to put two things even next to each other. All the heat's gonna rise. Today's ovens, what do we do? There's gonna be four approaches. Four approaches that are really mainly three. The fourth approach is not an approach. The fourth approach is gonna tell us, get two ovens. So that's it's a great approach, I love it. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that, that even L'Chathchila, that's the right approach for everybody. Okay, let's get through it. Approach number one. They're calling it here the Aruch HaShulchan and Rav Herschel Shechter. But the approach number one is going to tell you, you can cook dairy and meat right after, right, one, one right after the other. Right after, one right after the other, you can cook um, uh, meat together. What is it? What it says the Aruch HaShulchan? והנה בדין זיה מתברר לנו ממשנה דמכשירין, דלא שייך זיה אלא במקום המוקף, ולא מקום גלוי, כמו בקדירה, שהקדירה התחתונה נתונה בה, ועליה עומדת העליונה, ועולה הזיה סביב, שאין לה מקום לצאת, אבל מקום גלוי, כבתנורים שלנו, שיש אוויר, הזיה עולה באוויר, ואינו עושה רק דירה סמוך לו. says the אורך השולחן, what are we talking? It's definitely fine to use an oven for meat and dairy because all the zeya goes up and out. Up and out. When we were talking before, you had one, something you're cooking on the bottom, something you're cooking on the top, and therefore everything from the bottom is rising to the top. In our oven, the chimney's on the top, things are side by side, all of the heat is just rising. And therefore, I don't care that the droplets are connecting up here. That's not Bishel. I'm not worried about Bishel and Zeya, right? Reach, love, miltahu. There's nothing there. And therefore, it's going up. Okay. Now, there's a very important thing that we have to understand. There's a Mishnah that's not brought in here. I don't know why. There's a Mishnah that tells us that when I take, a, 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 let's say I took a, a, a dairy pot cover and I covered the chicken soup by accident with a dairy pot. Dairy pot cover. Now, the Gemara says, Very simple. Take the pot and look if there's any water on the top of the pot cover. If there's water on the top of the pot cover, then that dairy pot cover needs to be, needs to, to do, you need to do Haggallah. You need to kosher, right? If there isn't, then it's fine. If it's been on for a while, then it's definitely usher because it can't, it can't not have absorbed. So what do we understand here? What is Zaya? Zaya is not mist. It's not. It's like sweat. Actual sweat. Not when I'm sweaty. When I actually have sweat on my body. We're talking about drops. When they were, had ovens back in the day without controlled heat, the amount of heat, the amount of water that was, that was uh, uh, dispersed was a huge amount. And therefore, we're talking about drops. We're talking about a case where the top of the oven, you literally have drops of water being absorbed in the top of the oven. Suffolk if that's even happening today. So says, Rav Jechter is bringing in Rav Jechter, saying cooking meat and milk one after the oven. According to the approach of the Orach HaShulchan, one is be permitted to cook milk and meat um, con- consecutively in the same oven, provided the oven is clean. The cleansiness of the oven, right, um, eliminates the problem of Reicha and the fact that we don't cook a small, in a small confined areas removes the problem of Zeya. How much, the zeya on the top of the oven, how much is it, right? If I'm cooking something and it's going, I'm cooking uh, in the uh, chicken and zeya is going, zeya is now the, the, the oven, let's say the, uh, my oven is big, American ovens definitely are big. The pan takes up probably a third of the oven, half of the oven. The droplets are going immersed all over, right? What are the chances that they're going to fall back into what I'm cooking into next, right? So, seeming that the oven is big, They're not going to have a problem. So that's approach number one. Approach number one, and we're going to see it in Perusha Rambam, Rav Kapach says in the Perusha Rambam, Betanrei chashmal, Bnei ta echad, Nirei li deeter gamuru lafot, Bain gam basar ve gam bachalav, 
כמובן בתבניות נפרדות, obviously in different pans, we're not talking about using the same pan for meat and milk, but I'm using a dairy pan and a meat pan, I can use dairy right after. ולא ביחד, ורוצה לנהוג חומרה יתרה, יחיים את התנור כרבע שעה בין תבשיל לתבשיל. So the first approach says like this. זיה is not an issue, because our ovens are big. And therefore, the, whatever zaya there is, is going all over the oven. And the odds that the droplets that came out of my chicken are now hovering around the top of the oven in order for them to fall back in is not an issue. Especially when m- most ovens today have a heating coil on the top. So there's a heating coil on the top. So if... There, there's nowhere for the heat to then surface. If you're cooking only with the bottom heat, I get it. But most people are using the top and bottom heat at the same time. And therefore, any moist that is going on to the top of the oven is already being disintegrated by the hot coils on the top. So where's the water going to really be now congealing on the top of the oven that is now going to fall back into my dairy? Approach number one. No issue, no problem. Yes, Zev. Um, for, the, for that approach, the cleaning, how does that work? They're not talking about cleaning, provided it's clean. Okay? We're going to talk about cleaning in approach number two, or, or, or when, when I sum up the approaches. But for now, we're talking about provided that you didn't put in, I don't know, um, chicken that last week that totally exploded and now there are shards of gravy all over that then can awaken okay but provided that the oven is not the top of the oven doesn't have like immense amount of dirt and there aren't pieces actual pieces that you can see on the bottom of the oven you're good to go now why is this approach important not necessarily because we should follow it but because when you're going to a friend's house, uh, uh, who, a friend's apartment in college, who might not be strictly aware of all the kosher prohibitions, definitely approach number one, you can rely on when you're going to a friend's house. When I go to a student's apartment and I don't know if that person is keeping, when he says he's keeping kosher, well, I don't know what he means. I definitely can, can, can hold like uh, this approach number one to say, okay, even if he cooks dairy and, and meat in the same oven consecutively, there's what to rely on. Okay, approach number two. When a person talks about a, 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 an electric oven, where you roast chicken, and you see that there's, there's going to be fumes all over the, 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 the oven. Are you allowed to, right afterwards, cook in the same oven uh, um, 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 dairy? Second approach. If you wait 24 hours or, and heat it up for about a third of an hour before, then you can put dairy right after. Why 24 hours? 24 hours because whatever droplets were there already gone. They're already gone. The, 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 the water already dried up. There's nothing there anymore. There's no, there's no, there's, there's no Zaya anymore. 24 hours are gone. Or heat it up and heat it up for, for, a, for a third of an hour. And therefore, even while the oven's, the oven's heating up, preheating, then you, um, 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 then whatever Zaya was there is now, is now disintegrated. Okay, Rav Lichtenstein is going to say, either or, either or. You don't need both. Either way, 24 hours and their droplets are gone. Or heat up the oven, right? Heat up the, the oven to a, to a temperature that now everything that was there is going to be, is gonna be um, um, removed. Okay, approach number three is going to be called the Rav Moshe Feinstein approach. And he says, but in, in our same question, and he says, Lachen imaya zeya, I'm in 26, Rav Moshe Yoredeya, Aleph, Men. Lachen imaya zeya, Says what it says Ramosha Feinstein. One should be covered, one doesn't have to be covered. Okay? You don't have to, you can you can you can use the same oven. Cover, cover meat or dairy. Now, this approach might not be always good because I 
I'm not covering my pizza. That's not fun for anyone. And especially when I'm making my chicken, yeah, for the first hour I want it covered because I want the moist to, to stay inside. But afterwards, I want it to get that brown, beautiful look. So it's not necessarily going to be applicable. Second tshuva um, in the Igrib Moshe, source number 27. If it is dry, then it's not a problem. So if I'm cooking pizza and I'm roasting a steak, I can do one after the other. That's not an issue. But if I'm cooking chicken in the gravy, that's, that's a problem. Because the gravy is, is going to become moist. There's not enough liquid in the cheese, in the fat of the cheese, and in the sauce of the tomato paste in the pizza to create liquid. But if I'm um, cooking um, um, baked ziti, and I added milk to the baked ziti in order to, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the ziti not to dry up like most people do, then there might be enough milk in the baked ziti to be a problem. So source number three, source number three says, if they're dry, yes. If there's liquid, you got to cover liquid. Okay? Got it? Perch number four says, two separate ovens. Um, as long as, the sorry, the chubas vagos, some say um, that, that we're going to see source number, number 29. If it's, if it's covered, then it's all fine. If it's covered, then it's not a problem. But even one should be careful. And the Shuk Tav Sofer says, And therefore we might be worried that yes, you think it's going to be covered, but we don't cover things well enough. And uh, combustion and heat can can move the the, the pressure of the of the, of the of the of the heat inside can move the aluminum foil can move the top of the cover of, of, of the pan and therefore uh, heat can go out so the you should have uh, two ovens okay so let's sum up for a second the different approaches of the oven okay so different approaches of the oven is like this the from, from, I'm going from the most stringent to the most lenient. Lechatchila, you should have two ovens. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what it's going to be like. It's, it's, it's better, safe, than sorry, have two ovens. And even when you have two ovens, you have to make sure that they're not, they're not just separated a little bit, that no fume is going from the top of oven to the bottom oven. Each one has its own vent, etc., etc. That's lechatchila, and that's also what most of Am Yisrael does. But as we saw in the Psak, in the Halacha, there's really no need to. Now, why am I saying this? Shouldn't I say as a rabbi, no, better to have two ovens. Look, when you have two ovens, usually you're going to have smaller ovens. If you have a big family, it's hard to cook with smaller ovens, right? You in Maryland know that Avital and I could have not cooked for 40, 50, 60 people every weekend if we had two small ovens. We needed to have a big oven, so to tell somebody to get two, two ovens, usually that's going to mean smaller ovens, and therefore it's going to be an issue. Okay? So people might do is they have, their oven is fleshic, and they have a toaster oven for dairy, and that might be fine also. What do you do on Shavuos? It's a different question. Okay. That's approach. The approach is two ovens, and not necessarily the chatrila, you should have two ovens, because you might, you might want to do a lot of hosting, you might want to be uh, two families, and especially when you're young and you're renting apartments, you don't have the luxury of having two ovens. You're not building your own house. You're renting an apartment. For the next 10 years, you're probably going to be renting apartments. You don't have the luxury of having two ovens. Okay. Approach number two. Approach, the second approach, it says, only cover, always cover one unless they're dry. Okay? Always cover one. Second, third approach says, you can, you can um, either, you can either 20, wait 24 hours or preheat the oven. Okay? And approach number one says, you can use whatever you want. It's fine. One after the other. It's not an issue. There's not enough droplets to have. Today's ovens, controlled heat, they're big. There's not going to be enough droplets. There's heating on the top, and therefore, we're not worried. Okay. Lemaisa. I'll tell you what I think Lemaisa. Lemaisa, I think 20, winning 24 hours doesn't always help. I'm cooking for Shabbos, and I want to make pizza for lunch because I'm hungry. 
what am I going to wait 24 hours? By the time I wait 24 hours, it's not going to be ready, right? I made, I made, uh, I was really hungry Thursday night and I made pizza in the oven and now I want to cook for Shabbos. I can't, I have to wait 24 hours. I'm going to wait till 24 hours. It's going to be Shabbos ready. Lemaise, heating, preheating the oven, putting the oven on the highest heat would be enough to disintegrate any droplets that we had. And we already saw the Zaya that we're talking about is not necessarily the Zaya that, that, that we have today, right? There's not going to be enough, enough drops on the top of the oven. What we do have to see, and that's going back to what Zev said, is to make sure that there's no pieces in the oven. So what a person needs to do, if you have one oven, is look with your eye to see that there aren't any pieces on the bottom, and then just heat the oven for, for 20 minutes on the highest heat, and then it's gonna be fine. Now, if you're getting an oven that had treif in it before, that's gonna be already be libun lechumra, and that's gonna be a little bit more of a problem. Then we're gonna use oven cleaner, tam lefgam, a different story. But here, meat after dairy, just make sure, Zev, that there's no pieces, there's no pieces, nothing splattered on the side, there's no pieces on the bottom, and then do libun lechumra, libun lekula. Libun lekula is enough for straw to turn black. So enough for straw to turn black, that's libun lekula, and between meat and milk, that's enough. One second. Ask. Yeah. Go, Zev, ask your question. Um, if you put the oven like on 500, don't like the, like, if you look a piece of brisk chicken like on the bottom of your oven, doesn't that become like, Totally not chicken anymore. Like so once put it at 500. It, it really depends on the size, because enough, an, a, 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 even enough, a tiny bit of liquid in the middle that can crack from the charcoal and release fumes might be a problem. So, uh, it, 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 but the evet there might be what to rely on. Lechatchila, you got to remove any any pieces that you can see. Okay. So, but usually people care that their oven is clean anyway. So you know. You just make sure. So you don't have to use now, uh, you know, a spray or whatever. You just have to go take a, a paper towel on the bottom of the oven, get rid of all the dirt that's on the bottom. Whatever is fat that's already burned to the bottom, that's what we're doing libun, right? Um, and to the people that are worried about changing something from meat to dairy, we usually we don't change things from meat to dairy because you might forget what status it was and therefore you're going to come to a problem. But here, because we're going to always preheat the oven for a half an hour on 500 before using meat or dairy, whatever I used last, then it's not a problem. And even uh, if I just preheated the oven on, on, on 350, not 500, for 20 minutes, even then, it's not going to be an issue because we saw source, source um, the, the, um, opinion number one of the Orach HaShulchan, um, which was brought down by Rav Herschel Schechter, that that is going to be enough um, because the oven's big enough that to say that there's enough droplets on the top that are now going to fall into your into your food, we're not worried. Okay, so lechatchila. So this is the this, the reality. You can use one oven. Remember to preheat um, on 500 for half an hour after you before you're using the opposite uh, food, or just always preheat in order to make sure that you're that you're yotze. But even if you're preheating the oven on 350 for whatever you're going to be putting in your pizza, your chicken your yotze um, um, for, for, for many shitot, and just make sure that there's no pieces in between, as Ramosh, as Rav Lichtenstein said, as long as it's clean, preheating the oven should be enough. Yes. Zev. Um, like, Friday afternoon, like, you're in a rush. What, what, it, it, like, is there, like, if, if, like, if they're both dry, like, what are the options to be made here? Like if like you're you want to make pizza, someone makes make schnitzels. Like they're both dry. Can you be like make you'll not have to like wait like you know time to wait twenty minutes on five hundred. The 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 only cooler would be is leave the oven open. But best best is to is to wait twenty fifteen minutes. Wait fifteen twenty minutes. But but the, if somebody just finished making schnitzel and you want to put um, um, pizza in and there's no pieces, then leave the oven door open. And then any of the fumes that are in the oven, going back to the, the uh, oven in the time of the Mishnah, um, nothing would fall back onto your pizza. It would just head out with the rest of the food. Okay? So now we're on to microwaves. Okay? Microwaves, um, we're going to talk about a microwave. There's going to be a kula and a chumra for a microwave. The kula of the microwave is going to be that what? 
that there's no that there that there's that there um, that that there's no heating involved. Just the the waves are going um, from place to place. But the chumrah would be that we can't do libun because you can't heat up the microwave. You're not there's no the microwave doesn't get hot. The food gets hot. So I can't do libun. So what do I do with the microwave? So the microwave says like this. Okay. Now also we we skipped uh, when I said my preferable. Preferable was source number two was option number two. Um, if you go back to page thirty-five, when you get your book, you'll see that uh, that in source in page number sixteen, they bring they bring us they bring um, um, a footnote from the Pini Alacha uh, in volume on the Kashrut, um, and that's where he says that that approach is the best, the one I shared. Uh, the Pini Alacha says that also. I know I don't know why they brought that in a footnote and not in the sources. My reasoning is that when they made the Hebrew version, Rav Milama didn't put out his Kashrut book yet, and when the English version Volume 5, we know that when the English version of Volume 4 was put out, that was before Rav Milami put out his book, but when the English version of Volume 5, the book was already there, so they didn't want to add a source, they just put in a footnote, but they also added all these American rabbis, pasks, psaks, so I don't know why it was in the footnote. Nonetheless, that footnote is important of the, um, the Pinealacha. Microwaves. So it says, like the Sefer Akasha says in source number 33, so he says, Sebra Kashri says like this, you, as long as it's covered, you can use it for meat and milk, and parv doesn't have to be covered. Some people are mocking to say, we're only using the microwave for X, and for like dairy, and in the in a worst case scenario, we're gonna uh, use it for for uh, for something else. Okay. Um, all right. So says so then says the pinealacha. But the eved, if you chimemu beloki suikanidrash, if you heat it up food in the microwave without the, the necessary covering, the food is kosher. And if there was nothing separating the food from the glass plate, But if there might be treif on the, 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 um, the, 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 the microwave um, plate, that might be a problem. So what are we going to do with the microwave? The microwave with the microwave, what you should be doing is you should be covering, uh, you should get a microwave cover. You can buy them on Amazon, you can buy them in the dollar store. Get a microwave cover for meat and for dairy and just keep using it, okay? Then you don't have to cover the plate or anything. If you're in the office space, then what you need to do is if, it's, if you're in a communal space, like in a dorm where there, you know, it's, a, it's a headache to, to constantly um, 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 uh, figure out what to do, then get yourself your own microwave cover, right? If not, then you, uh, plastic bags, you can just double wrap in a plastic bag. And then the bottom of the plate is not touching the glass, and the top is, is not getting, there's no zaya getting back into the food. It might not be practical, but it's also not healthy. So the best is to use a microwave cover, and it's fine that they have holes, because the holes let the fumes out. Don't let the fumes come back in. That's why they're shaped in the way that they're shaped, like a cone, like circular on the top. Um, and then if you're using that for meat and dairy, you don't have to clean the bottom of the plate, the glass plate. But some people say only cover meat or only cover dairy. But then if you forgot, then you're in a pickle. Um, best is to just have a microwave cover for dairy, microwave cover for, milk, for, for meat. And then even if you forgot one time, you're always going to be fine. It's not going to be an issue. But we saw the Pina Lacha that even if you don't cover and you forgot, then you're, the food is not shreif. The food is not going to be an issue, um, etc. So microwaves are easy. People say, you know, in the microwave, use a, use a, use a, put, a, put, a, put a cup of soap with water. That kosher is the microwave. That kosher is the microwave. Tamlif gam in the zeya. But best is for that's for not to do that every time you want to use meat and dairy. But just get a microwave cover. Saran wrap is not healthy. Plastic bags from the supermarket are not healthy. Um, microwave covers are usually the best case. Should we stop here or do dishwashers? I want to continue. So we're going to go a little bit overboard. Dishwashers. Okay. Dishwashers are a big issue. Most people have two dishwashers. There's really, we're going to see, not really a need for two dishwashers unless, and people got upset at me in Maryland, uh, so a boy called me and he said, oh, Rabbi, I asked you if we can use the dishwasher for meat and dairy, and you said no, and then you told so-and-so that she can use the dishwasher for meat and dairy. 
I said, right, because she washes the dishes and puts them in the dishwasher, and you stick it your mac and cheese plate with the mac and cheese in the dishwasher. So, you know, at the end of the day, if there are pieces of meat and pieces of dairy going to the dishwasher, it might be an issue. But if you rinse and wash the, the plates off before you put them in the dishwasher, then it's not going to be an issue. Says Shulchan Aruch like this. If you put dirt in the water, then even if the plate is oily and greasy, the dirt is going to ruin the oil. And therefore, it's tam nefkam. Okay. Shach says, Din ze lo nimtza b'shum pasuk, ve lo b'shum echad min ha'achronim, eskiru gam ken b'bet Yosef, lo uzkar ve'adrba, ma'asham v'dibri ha'poskim, te ein shum takana la'agiu kli ben yomo, the Shach says, I really don't get this. This is not said anywhere. The Shulchan Aruch just brought this concept in. Uh, it just says, like, near Eli, it seems to me. No Poskim said this. No Psukim said this. Nowhere does we see that, you know, it's gonna, if you put dirt in the water, that's going to be enough to, to clean the dishes together because now the, the, the oil is going to get Tam Lifkam. We didn't see such a thing. The Pitchi Chuba says like this. Then in reality, she ain't coming out of the Mechaber it's not mevata le'isr, says the Pitchet Tshuva. It's maklish hatam. It's just the food now doesn't have the strong, the strength to trafe up something else. All it's going to do is it's going to weaken the flavor. So says to Yabiya Omer, Ve'afkan she'amayim she'bamadichim bahem et ha'kilim. Now we're going to talk about the dishwasher itself. Says the Ravadia, Me'rabim avkatsa bon v'sh'ar zarmei nikui charifim Notim tam nifkan bamayim ba'kilim. Says the Shulchan Aruch, says the Omer. Because there's soap in the water, it's Tam Lifgam, and you can put dairy dishes in with the meat dishes. That's why you can go to Starbucks and get coffee. Even though the strainer that they're making the coffee in the coffee pot is then put into the dishwasher with the plate that had the, 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 the pork sandwich on it. I don't care if the pork sandwich with the pork fat is going in the dishwasher with the, the, the coffee um, 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 strainer because Tam Lefgam. What do I care? And only in cases where it's easy, then a person should be doing differently. But if it's a, it's a headache and you have a lot of kids and you're washing dishes and it's a lot and you're doing this, you can use the same dishwasher for meat and dairy because there's time of God. There's nothing to worry about. Moshe Feinstein says it's going to be an issue. But Moshe Feinstein lived in a time where the dishwashers were different. Today, the dishwashers, thanks to GoPro, we can paskin that it's very pushy. The dishwashers are fine. Before GoPro, there was a little sfekos. But... GoPro definitely helped us. Back in the time of Moshe Feinstein, the bottom of the dishwasher was like a basin that filled up with water. And then there was like squirters that squirted all over the place water. And that basin filled with, with would fill with hot water. And in it was the, the, all the, what's the meat and dairy that was dripping from the dishes. And the water was then becoming a problem. Today, there's no basin of water. It's just all these um, 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 spritzers that are spritzing water all over the place. There's nowhere for the water to connect, to kind of congeal together and for there to be a problem. But Moshe Feinstein says, and I'm reading the, um, the, the, in the, in the, uh, the bold, it, it is common that actual residue from the meat or fat remains there and touches the dairy utensils and vice versa, where the hot water that is Yad Soledit Bo then comes it will cause an absorption of the dairy utensil and vice versa. Moshe Feinstein wasn't so sure. Says the Igor Moshe, continues in the next source, One after the other, If you want to use a dishwasher for meat and then dairy, one after the other, then use different racks. Okay? But that was in their time. In today's time, you can even use the same racks. The racks today don't get moldy, don't get a problem. The plastic there is strong. Back then, like, it would peel off. It would be a problem. But let's see the Badei Ashulchan before we see the, the Kashrut Halacha. Says the Badei Ashulchan, 
כי לפזר מים אלו בקור ואלו בקור בשעות התזה ולקע שישים באותם הטיפים המוליכים את פירורי הבשר להקליא חלב ולכן נראה דאין להשתמש במכונת אחד לבשר וגם לחלב. You can't use for the same for meat and dairy because there's not enough of battle b'shishim in the soap and in the... because it's just squirting water all over the place. Mordechai Eliyahu says like this, ויש מקלים מכונה לשטיפת הכלים ביתית, dishwasher is going to be fine for meat and then for dairy. ויש לי נוקח, צריכים לנקות במקום שיש שם ממסננת. You have to clean out the strainer. אם אפשר להחליף את הרשתות, if you can switch the racks, then good, if not, then not. ואם אי אפשר, יש לי חוצה מיפה, you should wash them and wait 24 hours. And the fifth, להפעילה במים חמים וסבון לפני השימוש, ואחר כך ניתן להשתמש בה. Right? Says Rav Moshe Feinstein, and says, and says, and says also um, uh, the Pnei Alacha, that Pnei Alacha says, I'm not sure if the first time it's squirting, the soap is already open. It could be that the soap dispenser opens a little bit after. So what's good to do is either put a little bit soap into the dish, into the machine itself, or run it on empty for the first minute, and then add the dishes, and then run it full. But... If you're in your family, in your house, first of all, if your parents do it, there's definitely what to rely upon. We just saw a bunch of post You do not have to tell your parents that what they're doing is, not a, is a problem and you do not have to worry about the dishes that come out of the dishwasher. If when you get married, your wife is rinsing the dishes in a way that my wife, I, I, you know how many times I got screamed at for unloading a dirty load of dishes from the dishwasher? I can't even count. My wife screamed at me, that's dirty, can't you see? No, I can't see. I take out the dishes from the dishwasher. They look sparkling clean. My wife cleans them with soap and water and then puts them in the dishwasher. There's no residue of any cheese, any meat, any anything. So in that case, she can even put meat and dairy and dishes together at the same time. Like Rabovadia said. But if my wife doesn't clean it well enough, then you can definitely put it one after the other because it's time of gum. So when the boys asked me, I told them better not to use a dishwasher for meat and milk at the same time because I know they don't clean their dishes. But the girls, I know how they keep their dishes clean and they're going to wash it before. I told them if you want to put the dish in the same time, then it's fine. If you want to be machmir, then put the dairy dishes in the top rack and the meat dishes in the bottom rack. Okay, I'm just going to run through stovetops and if we have time next week, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. Stovetops. It's not a problem to use stovetops on the same for meat and milk. You don't have to have a designated stovetop for dairy. The only one thing that is important is what we're going to see in... Um, I'm not, I, what, what is important is that food that falls on the stove is trif. Okay? You're cooking food and now a little bit fell on the stovetop. Don't pick it up and eat it. Throw it in the trash. Because... Dairy spilled on the stovetop, meat spilled on the stovetop. Whatever's on the stovetop is Bechezkat Treif. The stove is fine. You can use dairy and milk. On Pesach, we're going to cover the burners. Uh, um, um, besides that, it's fine. But if food falls on the stovetop because we use it for dairy and milk, don't eat that food. Throw it out. Hot plates, it's going to be fine. Usually, people don't put food directly on the hot plate. Even if you put bread directly on the hot plate, so there's some post that say you should not then eat it with um, um, dairy. Um, but hot plates are going to be fine because there's no food going directly on the hot plate. We just put food. Now, a lot of times food can spill on the hot plate. So for Ashkenazim, we don't put food directly on the hot plate anyway. We put a, a separator. But for Sephardim, that might be an issue. Anyways, it's better to line aluminum foil on the hot plate just to keep it clean. Don't cover it because that's a sakana. It can burst. There's a fire every single Shabbos from a hot plate in the United States. Okay? The fire, a policeman, a fireman told me. We only hear about it when people die. Every single week there's a fire from a hot plate on a Shabbos in the United States. Don't cover it completely, but just line it. So food on the hot plate should be Bechezkat Fleshiks, um, according to, to some poskim. Other poskim say it's going to be fine. Um, and and, and uh, kettles um, are, we don't put food in the kettles. Kettles are part it shouldn't be an issue. There's here a further iyun for a, a, a sauce vide, which is uh, a, the, the, the heating, the heating um, when you, uh, when you um, 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 vacuum seal food and cook it in, 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 in something. The further iyun has a fear of saying that it's going to be fine, but I really, looking into it, don't understand why it, shouldn't, it should be an issue to cook dairy and, 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 dairy and then meat afterwards in the same water. It's, it's not barnad de etera, it's tam gum. But I'm not going to get into that. But um, let's do a quick chazara because I took everybody's time overboard.
we saw I'm on page 50 um, in the English where there's Hazara. We looked at the refrigerators and we saw that milk that's spilled on chicken, um, if it's a, um, um, the, the Ran, the Rashba said, if it's raw, then it, then it's then then it, it, or or um and it raw means cold cook means hot the Ramah says that raw means uh, raw while roasted means that it's already been cooked the Artsvi said that for Ashkenazi may be lenient in the case of chicken uh, to rinse it off because it's too sfekos of heter then we spoke about kavush in 24 hours if it was it was in the case of 24 hours if a solid food was soaked in a liquid for 24 hours it is considered to have the status of having been cooked the Yosef says in the case of brine or a stronger liquid being soaked for less than 24 hours also the taste will transfer the Ramah and the shach says it is dispute where any part of the food that is outside the liquid and in effect, uh, should you throw it out or not? The Ramah says you should. The Shach says you don't have to. In case of, of um, uncertainty whether it is kavush, whether 24 hours have passed, it's permitted um, with regard to mixture of basar b'chalav. Supreme Regadim says if the food was moist, it does not cause the solid to become kavush. Ovens. We spoke about the fumes going up. Then we spoke about today's ovens and we saw four approaches. One approach said it's fine, the oven's big enough, it's not going to fall back in, there's not enough fumes being accumulated. Then we saw a second approach saying either wait 24 hours and uh, heat the oven for, for, for 20 minutes or um, make sure the oven is clean and then just preheat the oven for uh, 20 minutes on the highest heat. Um, then we saw a third approach saying um, if it's solids, if it's if it's dry, then you can use one after the other. If it's liquid, then you have to constantly cover one of them. And the fourth, which is said, always use um, um, always use two ovens because because things don't always get cooked covered the way they want. Okay. Then we talked about you don't have to uh, you don't have to change the racks um, because there's a machlok between the Igor Moshe and Micha Yitzchak, but um, you don't have to change. The racks because we don't put food directly on the rack. If you do put chicken directly on the rack, then you should be covering it with aluminum foil when you put a dairy pan on it. Okay. We spoke about ovens. Then we spoke about microwaves. Microwaves get a microwave cover even if you um, by accident uh, put it put dairy in or, or, or meat right after the other. The food's fine. It's not trafe. Uh, if you're going to uh, oven, uh, you're going to a uh, a, uh, an office, get it, bring a microwave cover and 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 paper and and a to- and a paper towel to put underneath um, on the glass tray, or double wrap it um, with plastic. But better not for uh, health reasons. Dishwasher, we saw Ravavadia saying that it's fine to use meat and dairy in the same dishwasher at the same time. But if you can avoid it, then avoid it. The Igra Moshe who said you shouldn't because um, they're they they absorb. Um, and you should switch the rack. So Yaakov Yosef said it's permitted uh, to use a dishwasher for meat and then dairy. The Badi Ashulchan said you shouldn't. The Mordechai Eliyahu said uh, if you can, then just run it on an empty cycle first or wait 24 hours and then use it. Stovetop, we saw that a meat pot and a dairy pot um, can be on the same stovetop because the fire underneath is burning any residue that is on it. But we saw that you should not be eating the food that falls, the same precaution that falls, falls into the stovetop. Area should not be eaten. Uh, it should be considered trafe. Um, and one should avoid cooking meat and dairy in the same time on the stovetop because things can splatter. And then we saw in the uh, hot plates that when necessary, one may place dairy pots and di- or dishes on a meat hot plate. And that Tosfot um, Ha'alacha says one should not place dairy foods on a meat hot plate since sometimes liquid drips onto it and is it is absorbed. And if the pot of the other type is wet underneath it may cause absorption from the hot plate onto the pot um, but mainly you can put dairy on the hot plate um, um, and if you're if you're worried then you can always put aluminum foil and you should be good that's all i have for you today and hopefully next week at one o'clock we will do the alachos of bishal